Welcome to the Life Unlimited Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice so you can confidently live your life your way for life. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Life Unlimited with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. I'm Eric, Larry's producer, and I'm here to learn along with you, the audience. Larry, how are you today? I'm doing terrific today, Eric. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. For those listeners that don't know, you can actually go on to YouTube and see us. And that's going to be important for today's conversation. You can see us on video. Not so much me, mainly Larry. Larry, you have a guest today and you let me introduce your guest with a bio. You ready? Yeah, we're ready. ready. Let's, let's go. All right, let's do this. Okay. You have Dr. Stephen Schoenbart, OD, and he is the founder of Schoenbart Vision Care in Garden City, New York, and has been practicing in the optical industry since 1978. He is New York State certified in low vision rehabilitative optometry. Well, you really like to challenge me, Larry, and specializes in helping patients who have decreased vision due to various eye diseases such as macular degeneration, glaucoma, and more. He is a former president of the Nassau County Op- Op- Optometric Society. And by the way, there's a lot of ways to pronounce Nassau. I looked it up on YouTube. I think I got it right. Did I do it right, Larry? You got Perfect. it. You did it. Perfect. Okay. So far, so good. Right. <laughs> a former examiner for Nurcoats and has worked with several other local and state optometry programs and boards. That is a huge resume right there, Larry. What are you guys talking about today? So today we're going to talk about low vision. So I brought a special guest, Dr. Stephen Schoenbart on. Uh, A lot of you out there may be suffering from low vision, and we thought we would bring somebody who can shed some light to the field. Well, I appreciate that, Larry, because after 42, something kind of started to go weird with my vision. So I'm ready to learn. Thank you. Well, you can come in for an appointment afterwards, Eric. Deal. A little bit of a flight. So uh, so thank you, Steve, for joining us today. So why don't we just start right from the beginning and explain to our audience kind of what is low vision? Great. Well, thank you, Larry. Like, Thanks for having me on today. So when we talk about low vision, we're really talking about the fact that people can't see well. And we all know about 2020 seeing really well in far, as far as distance and reading. And unfortunately, with eye diseases today, people's vision is decreased. And they can't be corrected with standard glasses to 2020, 2030, 2040. So the definition is, what is low vision? It's really anything that's not going to make someone happy at 2020. And there's many different types of glasses today and magnification to help improve that. And today, I'd like to show and talk about that to really educate the public on what we can do. So is this something that comes on based upon your age? Or is it something that just can happen to anybody? Great. Um Unfortunately, macular degeneration happens really after age 55. There are different types. It can happen when you're young, but the main population that we know about, it's really pretty much the leading cause of blindness for people aged 55 and older. There is also diabetic retinopathy, which occurs in many people, and that really starts from people below 50 years of age. And again, when we talk about low vision, it's the inability to really see as well and do the things that we want to do. So let's talk a little bit about low vision, because I know, I mean, I wear contact lenses and I would consider myself low vision, but I don't know if I would consider myself good. technically clarified right. as low okay. vision. So best corrected, which you are, hopefully you are 2020. Without contacts or glasses, that is sometimes the way we get people in with their best correction. So imagine walking around without your minus 600 or whatever that number could be, and that is the best correction people can have. 
which is not good. Okay, so they can't get contacts to get or glasses to get them to 2020. That is correct. So if you can't get to 20, that's what we're talking about, low vision. That's correct. Okay, so now is there a testing for this? How do you go about and how often do you should you test for this? So most people, if they have an eye disease or they have a vision problem, they usually go to their eye doctor to find out that they need glasses. Unfortunately, sometimes because of an eye disease, they can no longer get standard glasses and they get referred in to really work with their vision with different types of appliances and magnification. We work with specialized magnifiers and telescopes that get mounted in eyeglass frames that help magnify beyond the bad area and enhance the remaining good area. So right now. Yeah. So, so again, if somebody is out there and is this something gets tested each year or is it tested more often? When Good. should somebody Good. start feeling that, you know what, I need, I'm, I, I can't get to 2020. What do I, okay. what do I do? So most people should have an annual eye exam, especially if you're wearing glasses, if there's any health issues, diabetes, hypertension, if you know about a history of glaucoma. And once you're on a regiment of really being examined, we will determine your visual acuity. If your vision is doing well with regular glasses and contacts, you're doing well. People do miss, have a misnomer that after the age of 40, we should be watching our vision because our vision starts changing, our reading ability decreases, and our contrast of looking out at nighttime decreases. And it's usually due to a lens change in the eye called the cataract, or it could be further from the retina. And the retina would be then macular degeneration if we stay on that topic. Right. So when you're doing this testing, you can actually determine that we can't get you corrected to 2020. So now we've got to talk about what else we can do to help. And is it something that the earlier that you catch this and use this, it it's better or we can't, you can't really prevent it from getting worse. So right. There's no cure for macular degeneration, but there's ways to halt it if it does start to change. There's two types of macular degeneration. One is a dry type, and that's I kind of correlate with graying. It's just going to go gray. As long as you can keep your hair, you're going to gray. Graying is a change of an age-related change. There's also one that's a wet type, and that's where the vessels behind the eyes start leaking. And when they start leaking, that could be treated. And we treat it with injections now to basically help to stop the leakage from occurring. And as long as we can do that in a quicker mode, instead of waiting, there's no scarring. Once scarring happens, that becomes another visual problem. So just by saying that, it's obvious to me that you don't want to fool around with this. You want to make sure that if you start having some issues, you get in to see you and have the testing done, because then there's some treatment that possibly could be done to prevent it from getting Worse, correct? 100% correct. Okay. So you, you mentioned the different types of low visions and a couple of the treatments. Are there any other treatments that, uh, that, that can be done for either of those? So medically, the retinal ophthalmologists who really look at the eyes and can treat the eyes with medicines and injections are the first phase of action. If it's a dry type of macular change, there's nothing that they can do. It's basically an age-related change that keeps happening. And when it gets to be a point that you're not happy, they usually refer in for someone who is a low vision specialist. And low vision is, again, talking about vision that's not corrected to 2020. And there are advances in um, different types of glasses and lenses that we can use to help improve visual acuity. 
The good thing is we can pretty much help close to 90% of people to make things better, cannot make it perfect. We can't make them 2020 again, but as long as medically everything is stable, we can come on board and we can really make them see. We really try to ask them what's on their wish list. They come to us, they're not happy, they're depressed, they're withdrawn, they're not doing well. So the first phase of action, once we actually screen them to come on in, knowing that we can help them, or at least the avenues of what we want to do with them, um, they we ask them about a wish list, two to three items to say, what would you like to do? What do you mean by a wish list? So most people come to us, they're no longer driving, they can't read, they can't do the computer, they can't do the arts and crafts, they can't play cards. The big thing now is mm. Marjan and, and bridge. Not the big thing now, but that's what, what occurs. So when they come to me, I want to know what they want to have. And they haven't driven. Okay, let's talk about driving. They can't read. Most everyone wants to read again. And you can use a magnifier for an extent. But now we I'll show some demonstrations of different mm -hmm. types of magnification to help magnify the print that will make it better for them to see and hopefully be able to read their tasks. And possibly even drive. Correct. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to look at a couple of different samples in a minute, but why don't we talk about there are some other things that maybe we can do? I mean, you mentioned maybe supplements so, or. Correct. So diet, of course, uh, genetics or genetics, you can't change genetics. If you're programmed for something that's important. Unfortunately, we also have to find out if it's a family history of it. I get concerned if siblings have it or if parents have it and then grandparents. And if our parents have it, and one parent has it, it's a good chance about 50% that we might be able to get it. A lot of people aren't smoking as much, which is a good thing because that is key. Diet is very, very important. And there's supplements. Supplements are really for the retina. There's different types of minerals that we use between lutein, zinc, selenium, taurine, turmeric, lots of different things that help the eye. And sunglasses. For some reason, a lot of people, they don't wear sunglasses. They kind of say, I'll wait till the summertime. And in the yeah. Northeast, it's actually more harmful in the wintertime than it is in summertime. The why, sun, why, the why sun is this? lower uh -huh. and stronger. Oh, that's interesting. It is very You know, you learn something every day on one of and, these podcasts. And, and, and people do <laughs> not recognize that. They don't respect that. And I just kind of mentioned to them, this is very important. So so wearing the sunglasses can minimize the potential we, we, of getting We would this? like to think that, yes. It definitely does. Everyone walks out to the sun in the winter also. If you go skiing, you put lotion on your face. Right. You put lotion. Well, sunglasses are one thing that they really need to be wearing. All right. Uh, good Good to know. I'm going to make sure I wear my sunglasses well, in the winter. Well, that's the other thing. And we want to talk about Polaroid sunglasses. Aha. Because that's another better, you know, that's another whole topic of discussion on type of lenses to talk about. All right. Well, let me see if we have some time at the end. We can talk about, uh, we can talk about that. So, so I know you brought some samples today. So for, yeah. the, so for the um, viewing audience, if you're watching us on uh, on video, you'll be able to see the samples. For those of you that are listening, Dr. Sean Bart's going to give his uh, website at the end of the show, and there'll be there are samples of all these on the on his website. Correct. Correct. On our website, we have a gallery, and I really encourage most patients. And when patients call us, we direct them to their website to really evaluate and just see what we do. The glasses that we use, they are interesting looking. We can call them ugly. You can call them successful because they work real well. Most people have seen this before on uh, TV shows in the OR room when the surgeons are using them. They are used by dentists today, the loops. Um, we use the same technology from the same company that makes them for surgical grade to help people who cannot see well at distance. And we incorporate it now for distance glasses. So I am holding up a pair of something called bioptics. 
and bioptic glasses have little miniature telescopes mounted on top of the frame. So the bottom half is regular glasses. Hmm. And when I want to view something to be better at distance, I just tilt my head down and I'm looking right through magnification, which is more than two and a half times. So what we're doing is we're actually bringing the objects closer to us without us having to get closer to the object. And those glasses would be really for reading, not for so really driving. So this particular driving. one is for distance, for driving, for driving, for sporting events. A lot of people have seen people at a theater and they're holding on to opera glasses or lorgnettes. These are basically lorgnettes with <laughs> prescriptions and temples on them so you can put them on. Well, that's pretty cool. Another type is what's called a full diameter lens that you would use for just reading or distance. You wouldn't walk or drive with these. And like I said, they are very interesting looking. Mm -hmm. But what they do is they help magnify. If you're going to look at family members, you're going to be watching television. You want to see people at a sporting event. You put them on and it works out real well because the advantage is the ability of having your prescription not only incorporated in the glasses, but incorporated inside the miniature telescope. That technology today keeps it, improving. It, it's incredible. It's incredible. And, and this pair is actually the same type as I had for distance, but now incorporated for solely for reading. And most people want to do reading. They want to read it about 18 inches. So we focus the lens for 18 inches. Many people use a computer today, if not everyone. Hmm. We focus that for about 20, 22 inches. And then most and many people like to do crafts as far as painting, crocheting, and knitting. And that we would set up depending on where they want to hold things. Let's just assume 20 to 24 inches. So the telescope can be fixed for a certain distance to make them happy. Yes, so this is what you mentioned earlier. Well, they, you tell me what you want to do. They're, they're so, task specific. We it, tell people it's task specific. We would like one to do everything, mm -hmm. but sometimes we can't. Okay. And last is there's a lot on filters. People come into us and they're wearing glasses that are uh, very dark because the glare is bothersome. And with macular degeneration, we need protection of the retina. And uh, the glare is really, really bad and really dusk and dawn. And a lot of people come in with either dark gray lenses. They sometimes come in with the shooter glasses, which are yellow. They may be too bright. So I'm holding up a pair of glasses, which is a special wavelength glass of more of a yellow amber. And then we have ones that are more of an orange amber. And the, it's all about the wavelength of light that goes through the glasses to protect the retina. And at the same time, they're highlighting the better part of the retina. So is that really to help somebody improve their where they can see? Or is it really just preventing it from getting worse? It's actually both. The ones I just held up, they're called e-scoops, and e-scoop lenses was designed by a doctor in Holland, and they tried to figure out a way to make magnification of objects before they get into a telescope. And he thought of a very good idea. Making a lens thicker would make things magnified better. There's a, there's a percentage that you can just make it thick enough, and so it makes it about 10% 10 10 more. The, uh, the curvature of the light, the tint of the lens, the prescription in the lens, and a what's called prism in a lens works out well because a prism shifts light. And if you have macular degeneration, it's the center part that's no longer doing well. Larry, if I'm looking at you, I can see your shoulders. I can see the periphery. I can't see your face. Hmm. I have a little blackout area. So what this prism does, it actually shifts it to a better part of the retina, that makes me hopefully see better. Hmm. So by putting all this in together in a normal glass, if you will, it works as far as an improvement. A telescope definitely gives you much more magnification. 
So again, task specific. If you're out and about, you can use something called an e-scoop. When you want to sit and you're going to be looking at something, then you would put on a telescope. I mean, it's great. And the technology really helping people today that probably were be out of luck years and years ago. That's exactly right. Years and years ago, the technology has been around more for surgery and the the loops that people use like dentists. We're using the same technology, which we have used for a good three decades, four decades, really. And unfortunately, people come in and they ask, hey, how come we haven't heard about this earlier? And we just try to kind of educate them and tell them, well, it's been here and this is why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, that's great. So I know we kind of got off topic a little bit, but I'm just curious to ask about the po- the Polaroids. And the, oh, the, so, so, so many people think about a tinted lens as a, as a good protection, which it is. What happens is if a lens is not good quality, when you're wearing a sunglass, your eye dilates behind the lens. And when it dilates, more light gets through. So if you don't have a good filter in front of that dilated eye, more harmful rays are getting through. So you want a good Polaroid lens. A Polaroid lens has layers to it, and it is a filter. So it screens out the um, the glare in certain angles, like the car windshield, the pool, the water, the beach, the pool, that type of thing, even on mountains, ski mountains and golfing. Um, uh, some people like the polarization when they're golfing. Some don't to read the greens. But again, task-specific. If you're going to be wearing a lens, I recommend a Polaroid lens. Uh, there's a couple of brands that are a little bit different and better, but but you need to be educated and you need to go to reputable people to really educate you as opposed to just getting the name brand frame. You want to get the lens. And as far as I'm concerned, the the lens, the frame is secondary. So it's better to make sure that you have something that's functioning and doing well right. rather than looking good. Well, you want to do both. You want to do both. That's, good. that's important. <laughs> Any final words you want to give to our audience today? Sure. I I recommend people having annual eye exams. The older we get, actually, I'll take that back. Everyone is in front of some form of electronic instrument. And as you go to a restaurant or you're just in a public setting, there are two and three-year-olds in front of a monitor. And there's a lot with what's called blue light. Blue light comes off of all of these instruments, all of them, our phones, our computers, our iPads, and regular monitors. And it's very important to have your eyes assessed and evaluated to make sure you're seeing the best you can. There's a lot with blue tech lenses, as we talked about sunglasses, UV protection, very, very important. Um, a question I ask a lot of people is what percentage of learning is through vision? Hmm. 80%. And that's a high number. And having such a high number, one would think they would come in for annual eye exams. Yet, if you don't have glasses and mom and dad don't wear glasses, your vision has to be perfect. I mean, they cannot be bad. And when Johnny sits in the chair and they can't see the eye chart, mom says, what do you mean, Johnny, you can't see the eye chart? And they don't realize the amount of reading and close work, smart boards. I don't think a school does not have a smart board now. And that's important. So my my, my take-home message for everyone is annual eye exams, uh, physical exams for blood workups, cholesterol, making sure everything's doing well. Hmm. So this has been great. I've learned a lot myself today, and hopefully everybody else out there has learned a lot themselves. If they want to Great. Learn more What's the, and speak to you. How? What's the best way of getting sure, in touch sure. with you? We we have two websites. Our website is the, our last name, Schoenbart Vision Care. And the uh, low vision one, we have lowvisionofny.com. Pretty straightforward, lowvisionofny.com. Our local telephone number, we have offices in Garden City and in Southampton. We draw from everyone on Long Island. Our, our phone number for Garden City, 516-794-0704. Uh, 
And our low vision number, we have a separate number. Of course, we have a dedicated person to discuss your issues and talk to you and schedule the appropriate appointments. That number is 1-888-393-8266. The 393 is I-E-Y-E that we tried to get. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's I-8266. Uh, so uh, okay. that's great. And for, for both those of you are listening and, and or watching, we're going to include all this on the summary below so you can have the phone numbers and the websites. And for those that were listening, they can see all the different type of glasses on the website. And, and last, we do like to have and we offer a, a, a consultation on the phone that is just really to get to know you. If you if Marianne, who answers the phone, uh, can't answer all your questions, we're more than happy to speak to you. And just to make sure you understand when you're coming in, what we're going to do. Great. Thank you, Steve, for, well, thank uh, you for, for joining me. us. This was great. Thank you, Larry. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Gentlemen, I learned a ton. Thank you so much. Dr. Steve, how are you? I'm well. I like those Polaroid sunglasses. Uh, uh, they help with fishing, too. Man, right down that, in the water. Right. Yeah, Did no. you just have them in the drawer? You knew what we were going to talk about. I just, I just happened to have them. Actually, <laughs> I kind of ran out of breath. I had to run down and get them and come yeah. back before right. you For those that are listening, Eric put on cool looking shades. So, uh... <laughs> I love these things. No, I, and I learned a ton, but I do have a question if you don't mind. I, my wife had LASIK vision a long, long time ago, right? And, and the surgery went well. Now she's needing some glasses for reading. We know that at this point, what we've been told is you can't actually get LASIK for reading issues. However, myself, I've had 20-20 vision my entire life. I'm 48. And now my distance vision is starting to get a little blurry. Is it still possible for me to have corrective surgery for a distance vision at my age? Or is it more specific and I just need to get checked out? For reading vision, you meant, not for nope. distance? No, for distance. My, my distance vision is getting blurry. So I'm wondering oh. if I can get corrective still at my age. Well, for the people that don't see us, we are getting a little gray, right, Eric? Just a wee bit. <laughs> okay. So what you're having an experience is a little bit of an age-related change. Mm -hmm. So the answer is we might be able to, but you might have lens changes going on in the eye called cataracts. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you mentioned that earlier. Right. So number one, schedule a nice eye exam with my doctor friend in Nebraska there. Okay. And um, really to evaluate it. That's the key. So, so a lot of times the question comes up, can I have LASIK redone? Can I have LASIK now? Sure you can. But we want to see if, if we correct one Thing for distance, you may need it for the reading. Yeah. Sometimes we modify each eye differently. So there's a lot of answers to that. There's a lot of answers to that question to kind of really know where you're at, know what your numbers are, and what's going on. So best advice is go get a checkup. It, it is the. You know, it's interesting that I'll just since you brought this up, I'll say real quick. Sure. That, uh, it's amazing how people do different things more often, but not their eyes. And barring an electric car. We have our car oil changed three times a year and we have enough time to do that. And we go to the dentist usually once or twice a year, which we have a lot of time to do that. And hair is done a lot and nails done a lot and lots of things. And yet people still come in. I haven't had an exam for three years. And it's just a very interesting finding. So I'm on this mission to have people understand they should have annual eye exams. They should be checking their eyes to make sure things are fine because most of these diseases we just spoke about, in fact, I'll say pretty much 80% of them are painless. And you don't know there's a problem until it's too late. You'll cover one eye. You'll say, you know, heck, I'm not seeing well out of one eye. So is it from a cataract? Is it from macular degeneration? Is it from glaucoma? Could it be diabetes, kidney issues, cholesterol issues, thyroid issues? Lots of different things. Mm. So the moral of the story is it's easy. It's simple. It's painless to have an eye exam.
Well, you're calling me on the carpet here because the last time I had an eye exam was when my daughter was 10 and she was nervous about having her exam. So we made one together. She's 23, Doc. It's <laughs> been a few years since I've had one. So yeah, I time definitely to go. need to get time to go. Time to go. Right. Time to go. All, all I know, Eric, if you now pull out a motorcycle behind you. <laughs> I sold that a couple of years ago, but it's coming back, Larry, for sure. Uh, okay. Hey, uh, so quick question for you, Larry, because here's the thing is that you've brought on a ton of great guests. You have a lot of contacts. You have a vast network of folks that you work with. If people are interested in contacting you and, and kind of learning who you know and uh, what you do, what's the best way to contact you? Sure. So the best way, go right to our website. It's hellowealthmanagement.com. You can also call the office at 631-248-3600. Perfect. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Eric. You bet. And of course, our last thank you always goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Life Unlimited podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we'd appreciate a like and a follow there as well. We humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review as this actually helps others find the show. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Hello Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.